This is a special episode. Well, I don't want to say that. Every episode is special, but this one is a little extra special because it's with my family member, uh, my cousin, Darren Hope. I've always really admired her ability to be in what seems like a constant state of joy and excitement. And whenever I'm around her, I can literally feel her attention, presence, and enthusiasm. Darren grew up in Ojai Valley, California, which is a small community that has spiritual and holistic culture embedded in its DNA. And over the past 11 years, she's built a business around the spiritual and holistic knowledge that she's instilled in her life. Her business, called Earth Tonics, originally started as a spa where she conducted facial treatments and massages with her skincare products. But it's recently evolved to an online store, and in the coming months, she will be opening a new physical store. Technically speaking, she is a licensed holistic esthetician, or an herbal alchemist, which I think is a much funner way to describe it. (laughs) She's also a skincare chef, which is also fun. Uh, and founder and formulator of Earth Tonics Botanical Skincare. She was making products for years before becoming licensed to work on people's bodies, and as the business continues to evolve, she's being guided to get back to more formulation and alchemy rather than direct bodywork and facials. Earth Tonics products are completely natural and organic, there are no chemicals involved, And Darren creates the compounds herself by mixing selective ingredients and even goes as far as growing some of the ingredients herself in her garden. In my opinion, this is 100% the future of skincare because it's literally made with love and her soul's purpose. In this episode, we touch on things like her mindset, her habits to stay grounded, and her process of transitioning into the entrepreneurial path that has led her to where she is today and all the growth and learning that's come with pursuing her excitement. We ran into some technical issues, so the audio quality is a little scratchy at times, but I promise if you can get past that, there are so many goodies in this convo to take away. Either way, I'm excited for everyone to check this out, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Ryan Rails Back podcast. All right, I'm here with my cousin, Darren Hope. Yeah. I'm extremely excited to talk to you on this right now. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for having me. This is great. Of course. Um, so I just want to start off with a quick breathing exercise. Um, and anyone who's listening can join in on that breathing exercise. I encourage you to do so. Um, It will be very simple, just five deep inhales through the nose and exhale through the mouth. And there's no holding for a certain amount of time or anything like that. So I'll count this down and we'll get started. Three, two, one, and inhale through the nose. Exhale. Inhale. Exhale. Inhale, exhale, inhale, exhale, last one, inhale, and exhale, it's crazy how easy that is and how good it makes you feel. So good. I've heard that six deep inhalations and exhalations is is clinically proven to lower your blood pressure immediately yeah i've heard that too i think there's uh i've heard aubrey marcus talk about it before but he says that there it's like it stems from like uh japanese culture or something like that hmm. well. and it's like they have something in, embedded in there where they know that the six deep breaths lowers your blood pressure. I think he, he's very into samurais. So I think yeah. that's where, uh, where that comes from, but, um, yeah, I mean, it just feels like our essential, essential nature. I've been hanging out with like this little two-year-old a bit during helping with some childcare for a friend of mine and man, kids just breathe like 
you see their little bellies go. It's such so healthy, you know? I know it's so interesting too how as you get older and your ego forms that you then start breathing more shallow and oh, yeah. open your chest and like you almost you forget to do like the deep belly breaths. For me, like when I actually do it, it feels so weird at first until I do that's why it's nice to do like, you know, six of them in a row or five of them in a row. Um but yeah, like sometimes I'll straight up be working, especially when I'm working, concentrating like on the computer or something. And I feel like, you know, they talk about chest breathing being shallow. I feel like sometimes my breath doesn't even get there if I'm not paying attention to it. It like, is like, I'm breathing like into the back of my head and out. And I'm like, oh, no wonder I have so much freaking mental stuck energy sometimes. It's, it's pretty oh. wild. 100%. Like I, sometimes I feel like I completely forget to breathe for like five, six seconds. And then I'm like, Oh, you know, and like, especially during this time of, you know, COVID coronavirus, whatever you want to call it. And like the fear around that. Yeah. And I think that the fear automatically can sh- make your breath more shallow. And so exactly. then you think about how the, sy- the symptoms are, you know, shallow breath and you're like oh my god like i'm breathing shallow and so it's like it really is like just remembering to breathe deeper and like really find the presence through breath so convenient yeah so convenient so like on that how have you been uh living through this transformation experience that we are all going through what sort of uh, habits and practices and principles have you either reminded yourself about or instilled to kind of you know work through the the collective tension um well i think it's been uh, a fluctuating experience for sure and sometimes it's um it's much more intentional. And then sometimes it's sort of like, I feel like I just let go of any need to try to like orchestrate my experience at all. But, um, but yeah, I think some of the fundamental things and what I'm realizing actually works for me is I I think it's, it's been, I mean, rest is like top priority for me. Um, And that's something I've always felt to be true for me. And part of the reason I think why I do the work that I do, but it's also uh, become so much more acceptable to make that a priority right now that our, you know, busy, hectic schedules are a little bit more flexible for that. Um, So rest has been huge. And I just realized that like, I need to like, do things where I'm like in my body. Like, you know, when it, before all this happened, I would dance regularly, like go to ecstatic dance or, you know, do yoga, but I've just been walking a lot, um, when I can. And the main thing though, I feel like it's been really grounding me is just being in the garden. Nice. I was just talking about gardening with a bunch of my friends the other day and I can't wait to have a garden. It's the fucking best. So what, what do you garden? What are you, what are you growing? Well, um, so my partner, Brendan and I just moved into our new house, like right before the shutdown happened. And, um, we were planning to do a garden, but I was, I was thinking more that I would be growing medicinal herbs for, um, my products, but the moment everything shut down and everything got so weird and we were just sitting in that mystery of like, what the fuck is about to happen? And like, how weird is this going to get? And like, you know, I, I live across the street from a little farm stand grocery store and like they shut down and I was like, Oh my God. (laughs) So we just like in a weekend just planted so many vegetables. And, um, so right now we have like more squash than we could ever eat. We have broccoli, we have corn, we have tomatoes, cucumber. Uh, we got some watermelons coming in. We got, um, pumpkins starting. (laughs) So, you know, it's like, we also happen to live across the street from a nursery too, which is like, it's amazing because we just go over there and can get starters or soil or whatever, whenever we need to. So 
it's definitely a pretty blessed situation. Um, very lucky for sure. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I guess you kind of take on like a parent role when you're gardening, when you're gardening, right? It's like your little children. Oh yeah. My little babies, my little plant babies. But you know, it's, it's really like, it, you know, on those days where you just like, don't feel like doing anything. And moreover, it feels like trying to do anything is so much effort. Like being in the garden is just so grounding because you can literally plant like a few seeds and it turns into so much. It takes like two minutes to plant a seed. Literally and metaphorically. Right. (laughs) And it's like, and so like to be able to do that and then just have something that requires consistency, which is not always been like my strongest suit, you know, in the past when I've tried to do gardens, I would like plant things and then forget to water them for five days. And, you know, that that's definitely a blessing of this time is for, you know, those of us who are privileged with how they're able to live right now. It's like, there's space to find that consistent behavior and just be a little bit more dialed into your home space. And yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think also like the consistency part, like I definitely get very in my head about like needing to be on like strict kind of like regimens of schedules and doing certain things. And so I've, found it very helpful to just kind of give myself space to, you know, obviously I have work every day that I need to do, but sometimes it's like, oh, I had this on my list, but I also have this, which might be a little bit easier to get through right now. And so rather than forcing myself to do something, you can kind of ease off and just like give yourself a little bit of a break. (laughs) Yeah. And so you said that you were going to plant uh, medicinal plants for your business. And so why don't you give a quick little rundown of what exactly your business is currently, and then we can kind of back up and see how it's evolved from the beginning. Yeah. Um, Well, I have a a business called Earth Tonics and I make uh, plant-based botanical skincare. So you know, everything, mostly facial skincare. And I'm also a holistic esthetician. So, um, which is definitely on pause right now, but what, what is happening is that I'm continuing to make products from herbs and, and plants and botanical ingredients. And, um, and for the most part, I source those things, but as I get deeper into my, my practices and learning about herbalism, I, um, have really found a, a deeper joy in being able to actually like grow something from seed and distill it and then make that it's like true alchemy to be able to like watch something go from seed to you know some beautiful lotion that you get to anoint yourself with so um yeah and i've been doing it for like 11 years now which <laughs> is crazy to me cuz no, not not too old. <laughs> oh, definitely not. She's not old, people. <laughs> but that is a very, very long time, and so you're 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 hitting the mastery space. You know, I'm sure that you've done it so much and practiced so much that it's like you know, practice makes the master. And so, do you feel like it's kind of just like your second nature at this point? Um. Yes and no. With things, I have certain recipes that are like my core products that have, I feel really, you know, it is like second nature to make them. And um, but herbalism is such a deep and vast space, and you know, it's cross cultural and it's in the moment. Like you know, you're you're experiencing things every day, learning and being in in the garden and learning about a new weed that pops up and what is that? And, you know, so it's, I feel like I've barely scratched the surface in a lot of ways. Um, especially because my focus is, is really on the skin, but you know, herbalism is clearly a really deep medicine practice. So, you know, I'm learning about skincare, but I'm also 
of course, taking care of myself and my family with, with these things too. So yeah, it's, I'm not a master by any means. (laughs) I don't know about that. I think there's always different levels, you know, I think at some level you, you definitely are because you've been doing it for so long and it's, would you say it's, it, you know, you followed your passion into it? Yeah. I mean, it's, I, I don't know that I knew it was what my soul needed at the time. Um, because it was really actually quite a bit different from what I thought, um, I would be doing when I started my business. Um, so basically when, when I was 19 or so, when I started making my products, I was also like going to school for theater and thought I would be an actor and, you know, was really thought that this was just kind of like a little play project thing that I did on the side while I was pursuing my artistic, you know, career. And, um, and more and more, I just got redirected and redirected and redirected to focus on my, on my business and learn, you know, I found things that were really uh, related to it, even though I didn't realize it at the time, like I found my Taoist yoga practice that was, it's all about, you know, five elements and energy medicine and that completely like merged with, um, what I was learning in herbology to help deepen my understanding there and bring, bring forth like, a um, the rituals that I do as a holistic facialist. Um, yeah. So I, I don't think there was a long time that I sort of railed against being defined by this business, even though I was like wanting people to support me. Like uh, it's, I think our culture just really like, you have to push so hard to, to really like, especially as an entrepreneur to like make it in a certain category that you start to sort of identify your entire self with that. And that's something maybe that's just something that happens when you're a young adult. I'm not entirely sure, but it feels like there's, there's a growth that happens there at some point where you start weaving this, this quilt of, of who you are. And it's like, yeah, that's part of me. And my theater background's a part of me. And, you know, me as a friend is a, is a part of me and me as a sister. And like, all of those things are just the tapestry of who we are, but for so long, I think I was like so concerned about being identified with one of those things. I don't know if that. No, it definitely makes sense. And like, I think, like you said, as a young adult, or maybe for the first half of our lives, I think when you get older and more mature in the mind, you kind of, you know, one would would hope that you would kind of start to understand that like those things don't necessarily make you who you are. But when we are trying to figure that out, it's like, we're trying to grab onto anything. It's like, Oh, is this who I am? Is this who I am? And it's like, and we're always caught in, you know, like the binary decisions, like it's either one or the other, not both. And so it's like, I think that like by following that though it kind of grows you into who you're supposed to be you know and like did you like i i I will always remember when we had a conversation the last time i was in uh ojai and you we were talking about uh the similar stuff uh following like an entrepreneur path and you mentioned like following your excitement is one of the greatest things that you could do for yourself because when you feel that excitement like deep in your heart it's it's like this magnet that's kind of like pulling you that's saying like this is where the growth is like this is this is where you know you want to follow to to figure out who you are you know yeah. and and yeah. like there's so much fear that is mixed in between there, but it's like the fear and the excitement is like the growth together, you know? Yeah. Yeah, And I think, I think that excitement, like, even if you're looking at, I mean, I I feel really blessed in a lot of ways because in, in retrospect, so much of what I learned doing the, the, making the sorts of medicines and doing the sorts of practices that I, that I do, um, has given me like this way of looking at, 
uh, well, what I'm talking about specifically is I, I work with microcurrent a lot in my, um, in my facials. I, I use frequency healing and it's just really helped me to understand that, um, okay, so if everything's energy, then that feeling of excitement is just being aligned, right? Because if you're actually like looking at a wavelength, like a graph of a wave, right? If you double up on a, on a frequency, like it amplifies. So that feeling of excitement is you in alignment with what, you know, whatever it is, like your, your vibration matching up with what you're meeting in the world. So it feels like that is something to really pay attention to when you have that feeling, even if it's mixed with fear, because I think excitement and fear are often, you know, uh, fear can just mean you're on the brink of something you haven't done before. That's always kind of scary, you yeah. know? I think fear is a compass in a way, you know? It's kind of like pointing you like, oh, well, obviously, like there's difference between like danger and, and fear and physical danger. So maybe if you're scared to like jump off of a cliff, don't use that as the compass. Right. <laughs> but like in life, you know, uh, meta metaphysical fear or emotional fear, I think it's like, it's kind of saying like, there's a, there's a wall here that you might be trying to ignore. And so if you go towards that, that is where the growth could be, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so like we're, well, so you, you grew up in Ohio, which is a very, I'd say s- spiritual and holistic culture, right? Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's a really, um, so it's a Valley. It's a pretty small town. It has, um, originally was a, a Chumash place. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it has, a rich history of, you know, native people. Um, and then it also had later on in like the, the forties, Krishnamurti came here and, you know, kind of set up his, his homestead here and had a lot of, um, a lot of sway over sort of how the Valley developed at that point, I think. And Ojai's definitely, uh, been considered a, a vortex is the word that people like to use. And I, I, it's weird growing up here. I don't know how, if I'm like, if I don't feel it as much as, as other people, I definitely feel at home here. But, um, yeah, I think, I think there, it, it's a magical place for sure. Yeah, definitely. I would be very interested to come back now that I've kind of gone down more of a spiritual path and, to see kind of like how I feel there, but I've always loved Ojai and felt the same way, but I think you're right. You know, it's just kind of like your reality. So it's really, I I guess I just have a little bit of resistance to uh, like any place in the world being considered like more spiritual than another. Like, I'm just like, I don't know. The whole earth's pretty fucking awesome. (laughs) Spiritual in itself. (laughs) Yeah. But you know, I think they, they talk about, they um yeah at people <laughs> from you know places in like uh when you're looking at places where pyramids are you know erected and things like those are places where two energy lines kind of meet and i think there is something to that in ohi i was actually up in the in the canyon recently and a friend was describing to me the way in which our valley developed and it actually was two tectonic plates coming together that pushed up into a mountain and then essentially like unfolded on itself. So it like blossomed like a flower. Oh. So when you're, when you're in the mountains, you see like fossils of deep sea floor stuff from like millions of years ago, which is a trip. So that to me, I'm like, all right, there, there's a little extra magic. Here, Special maybe. Special on O highway. Yes, totally. Totally. Like, when did you yourself start kind of implementing spiritual practices? Like how old were you? Um, you know, gosh, I don't really know. I was raised by a very agnostic mother, you know, my mom, (laughs) she like, you know, I never went to church. Um, I think I went to Agape, uh, a couple times in, in high school with my dad. My dad got my dad got spiritual before I got spiritual, <laughs> but, um, 
I think my spiritual path really, uh, like what I consider to be my, my spirituality started developing when I found, um, Taoism and Taoist yoga. Um, and, uh, and then, you know, understanding to me, I could relate more with energy, the idea of energy and the idea of alchemy and one, one, um, element moving into another and how that in and of itself is a sort of magic and a creative, um, flow. And I think, you know, even for someone like my mom, who's been pretty resistant, like to the word God, uh, she can get behind that too. I think we all can acknowledge that there's a creative force that, you know, animates us and allows things to like unfold constantly. Yeah. And I think my, a lot of my, my spirituality was sort of awakened by people that I would, um, clients of mine that I've spoken with and, um, and energy workers that I've, I've worked with, but it's, I I really just am more than anything kind of like surrendered to this idea of just a great mystery and the idea of this creative force that is inherent in all things. And, um, that's sort of where my trying to identify it stops. (laughs) Um, because I, I don't know, I think that anything for more than that is a bit of a, um, futile, uh, exercise. Yeah, definitely. And like it, what you said about the, the word God specifically, I think it, in this day and age, that word carries so much baggage with it that second someone even hears it, it's kind of like, Oh yeah, uh, God, like, you know, it carries so much like fear and judgment like also like mixed in you know and so like i mean organized religion has really like co-opted what that sense of truth that we feel about that creative force and you know in in some cases used it for good and in a lot of cases used it for really heinous shit so definitely and i think uh you know all of the religious texts and uh scriptures i guess you would say like they all have truth to them and they all carry um very deep i i believe you know universal truth but they are i think intended to be maybe used more as a, a metaphor and kind of um you know like mythology per se and Organized religion, I think, tends to get very caught in the metaphor, as Joseph Campbell would say. Uh, He was a professor of mythology and religion, I think, at Stanford. I could be completely wrong about that. But I love what he says because he says it's getting caught in the metaphor. And so when you get too caught in the metaphor, you kind of start taking things as as very literal. Uh, So, yeah, I, 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 you know, I love reading uh, interpretations of the Bible and Christian, uh, text and then Buddhism. And I want to get into Hinduism. And so it's just like, they're, they're all, you know, they all have their own truth and their own philosophies, I think. And the underlying truth is that we are spiritual beings having a human experience, you know, and like what you said, that, that creative force behind everything and God being much more is like, everything all in one and not one thing or another it's like i love the quote all is of or nothing is and so it's like you can't really choose what is god or divine and what is not because everything in the physical plane is a manifestation of that divine intelligence and that divine creation and i think people tend to overlook that that we are creators by nature yeah yeah, that's been the most, um, like my biggest focus right now with how strange the world is, is just like, I, I mean, I always, when people are like, you know, um, first learning about magic and like the idea of magic. And I, I always like to, um, share with them something that 
someone shared with me at one point, which is like, like the idea of, for instance, of making soup, like, let's just get real basic. Like the idea of cooking a meal that you can in your mind, think of something that you want to make and then call to you in whatever way you have to the ingredients to make that thing or fuck even grow it in your garden and then somehow you know use fire and use you know the what you need to, to to mix these things together to create nourishment that then like grows your body like that if you don't agree that that's magic i just i think you're just not having a very fun time yeah and it's it's, it's exactly what you said i think about you know you being raised in Ojai about how that kind of like, you know, uh, maybe specialness to it. Obviously you feel it's special, but you know, deeming it more special than any other place because it's just your reality. But like, that's what happens. I think with being a human is we just get so caught up in like, Oh, well, this is just how things are. But if you kind of take a step back, it's like, wait, this is how things work. Like, like what you just described, it's like that is manifestation. You're manifesting soup. <laughs> no, and I think it's so amazing. Like, just, I mean, to be human and to be able to have like the five senses, like that, you know, that's what you lose when you die, as far as we know. Like, that's, and so those like really special gifts, I don't even remember what tangent I'm on right now, but I just <laughs> I feel like, like those those things are just like, so they're, they're magical. Like the fact that light that photons can hit your eyeballs and then somehow be like converted into a visual image. Uh, like what, what, like how, how is that even a thing? Yeah. 100%. And I think even more so like, like the emotions um, and feelings that we experience, even in terms of like, uh, like pain and suffering in a way, you know, like obviously when you can instill, I, I believe when you can instill some sort of spiritual type practice, you can learn to not be as attached to the suffering. But I think that no matter what human life comes with pain and like, there's no getting away from that. And so even like the idea of, of once you're gone from this physical plane, you're not going to experience pain therefore pain is part of the human experience and it's also not this this means to an end it's like oh i feel the pain so then i can grow through it it's just like like i I learned this from mark manson in his book um everything is fucked and he's like not a means to an end what if it's just the end like what if there's nothing else that is supposed to happen from it but the fact that you get to experience it and so being able to learn to cherish that yeah it's it's so paradoxical but, know, but, but a, like it, it is it's it's as is life is a big paradox but i think you know that's where i want to get to you know i still get very caught in the suffering and and getting attached to stories and narratives that kind of try to bring me down um but when you can get to a point of being able to accept whatever is coming up and whatever is arising, it's like you're, you're becoming your, your spiritual kind of destiny, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. And just, I mean, if nothing else, those moments too can just call in so much empathy for others who are maybe experiencing the same thing or, you know, in their own version of, of suffering and, um, and can transmute a lot of, of, uh, disconnection and, um, just unify us in such a beautiful way. Um, actually you feel that compassion for yourself, therefore it carries out into the external world. And so it's like, if you think that you shouldn't feel some type of way, or you shouldn't feel pain or shouldn't, feel suffering, then that is going to project onto the outside world. And so you'll have less compassion for other people. And so when you can create that compassion with vulnerable vulnerable space within yourself, then it's automatically carrying out into the external world. 
Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um. So I want to talk real quick about like how you made the move when you realized that you know this business um, is something that you wanted to pursue. How did you deal with the fear? How did you deal with with pushing through that and and really? stepping into that path as like, I'm no, I'm going to, I'm going to go in all in on this. I'm going to do it. Hmm. Hmm. Let me turn back the hands of time. Try to remember how I was feeling. Um, well, I think, um, yeah, there's, there's always fear there, of course, but I think what was much louder in my experience than the fear was that feeling of excitement that we were talking about before. And, um, I think at a certain point in, you know, having a, a, a dad who was an entrepreneurial person, you just start to realize that like everything is just another thing to learn, you know? So a lot of the time where fear would come up for me is like, Oh my God, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know, like what, like, I don't know if I, do I need a business license or do I need this? Or do I need to, um, like, who's going to believe me? Like I'm a fraud, like all this sort of stuff, (laughs) all this sort of stuff. And, you know, I think I, I don't know at what point it really, became, um, apparent to me that everyone is in that exact same space. Like no one really knows what the fuck is going on, (laughs) especially as a, as a, you know, 19 year old who's starting a business who just wants to help people and make people feel better. Like I felt that my intentions were pure and that kind of allowed me to have a little bit more, um, ease with the fear that did come up. You know, I think there's a reason that I, I really chose the kind of work that I do as opposed to, you know, um, heavier subjects or more intense stuff is like a lot of what I brought forth into the world is what I would use for myself to help myself ground. And so I I was coming from a place of, um, of experience. And I knew that, that this stuff worked, you know, not just for me and for my skin, which was, you know, historically problematic, but for, um, for finding like a deeper sense of peace within my body and a grounding practice that worked for me. Um, like, I, I think I just knew that it would help people heal. And, um, so there's a certain point where you just got to like, whatever those, that voices that creeps in that just, you know, tells you you're, you don't have the expertise to do it, or you're a fraud, or you're too young, or you're too, uh, whatever. It's like, that voice just needs to just get out of the way, or it just needs to like sit to the side or something, because like, there's no place for wisdom to come through and there's no place for for your own learning to happen if that's the 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 thing that's taking up all the space in the room so yeah i don't really know how i i did it uh you know got rid of that voice i think it's still there in to a certain degree but it's just like one step what the next what's the next step the next step to bring this forward into creation, you know, to, to create this, like, what is the next thing? And, um, yeah, I mean, if you, I, the guy I was dating at the time had the sweetest mom and she just said to me, you know, one right step in the right direction every day, like gets you down your path. And I was just, I always thought that was like so wise and just so helpful to me because in moments when you feel so overwhelmed with, you know, where you want to be and how you want to grow, it's like, there's just the next step and there's always just the next step. So like, what is that? And 
Um, and that really is how my business grew. Like I just kept taking steps forward down that path and following my curiosity and following those feelings of excitement and those, those threads. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know if there's a, I have a secret <laughs> or anything like that. Yeah. It's like, it is just, it's, it's step by step. And I think we get super caught up in like the end and the destination when it's like, there, there isn't really a destination, but in order to move forward, you can't stand there and think about it, you know, like, and that's, and that's the pulling the ingredients for the soup. That's that's making the soup one ingredient at a time, you know, like one step at a time in the smallest sense of the word of taking action, you know, like oh my I, God. it can be the smallest thing. It can be the smallest thing in the right direction. And like just one small thing every day. Like I've, I'm really into bullet journaling. I don't know if you know about bullet journaling. I don't. What is bullet? It's like it's an analog way of like keeping your shit on track, but it's, for me, it works really well. Like it's very, I'm a Virgo. I need to like have some sort of system and order for this stuff. So, um, because yeah, it, especially with what I do, I, you know, I, I do a lot in my business. I do everything from product formulation to, uh, marketing to, um, you know, customer service. All I do a lot. Um, so I can easily get distracted and just do the things that like are more fun for me <laughs> when there are definitely things that like, you know, you have to do as a business person or whatever. Um, but bullet journaling is I'll, I'll send you a link that maybe you can post in your episode, um, that gives you a quick download on how to do it, but it's essentially just, uh, figuring out what the next action step is and uh, a way of charting it all to keep you really consistent and like, um, and, uh, keep it, it all in one place. So you can actually keep track of the things you need to do and want to do. Um, it's been so helpful for me. I just really started it back up, uh, a few weeks ago. I took a little, a little break over these last few months just to kind of follow whatever. I, I don't know. I don't know. Just whatever, wherever the wind, wind took me, but, um, it's felt so good to have that structure again, um, to keep me on track and keep that next step happening. Yeah, definitely. I, I found for myself too, that like structure is much more helpful than time management specifically for me. Like I feel like energy management and structure rather than like me, you know, saying I need to wake up at this time every day and then do this for this amount of time and this for this amount of time. But it's like just being able to know the structure of how you want to proceed with those actions helps me. It it takes down like the expectation, I think for me, because I just get so caught up if I'm creating like such a specific schedule. It's like life doesn't really work like that sometimes. And so- It's so just like down if it's like, oh, well, I didn't finish this by this time. And then now I'm going over on this window. And so it's just like being able to create that structure and like more kind of energy management rather than time management has helped me a lot for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Same. That and taking naps. That's like, that's how I roll. Sleep. Sleep is so important. I'm all about my cat naps. It's like, fuck this like caffeine all afternoon and then not being able to sleep it's just like a 20 minute nap is sometimes just what the doctor ordered yeah definitely and i've come to find out that it's much more about like even if you don't fully fall asleep it's Mm -hmm. more about just the rest and like letting your body chill bringing your your brain waves and your frequencies down a little bit almost like Mm -hmm. a meditative state and it, it's like a recharge. It's like a battery recharge for your body. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I feel like what's really happened for me these last few months in this last month, especially, is just like realizing how much more productive I can be when health is my main, my top priority. And, um, you know, as someone who works in the wellness industry, that sounds so obvious, but it's just like, you know, we get really, 
into a project and we like, you know, forget that we're sitting slouched over and not breathing and blah, blah, blah. And then it's just not sustainable. And I find that when I, um, you know, get up and move my body a little bit and make sure I'm hydrated, like all of that just comes through tenfold and just like really powers what I, what I need to do. And I don't waste as much energy and time. Yeah. 100%. Do you have like a um, routine? So like a morning routine and a night routine? Uh, Not really. I definitely have um, things that I like to do, um, but they don't, it's not, I I don't have a consistent thing that I do every single day, but like, um, I think my, an ideal scenario is like waking up without an alarm. So like waking up naturally around, you know, eight or nine or whatever time that happens. And then like stretching, like waking up slowly is really key for me. I've realized, um, like I'm not really one to jump out of bed and like, just get, you know, on a phone call or something. So just creating more spaciousness in my, in my life feels really good right now. But, um, yeah, I, I think as far as a nightly routine though, I, I try to just, um, sort of stop working at a certain point and, and, uh, just wind down. Yeah. It, it looks different each night. I, I definitely am not super, con, uh, not a super consistent person. Like I know a lot of wellness people are like every night I do this, these five things and I'm just like, my, I don't know. I just, I'm in a different mood every night. I don't know. Sometimes I like stretch. Sometimes I watch movies. Sometimes I'm like, yeah, it's just different for me. I, I don't, I think anytime I say I'm going to do a specific thing or a specific routine, I like rail against it so hard. (laughs) Almost like creating this, like, I have to do this. And so like whatever program in us wants free will and autonomy, it's like, oh, I have to do this. Uh Nope. I'm putting resistance there. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. It's like, you tell me I have to like, I tell myself I'm going to like not eat any sugar for a week. And then later that day, I'm just like, okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like four cookies later. I'm just like, okay, let's just like not put any like parameters around life right now. <laughs> Definitely. My, um, my friend Abbott, he was saying that like in terms of his morning routine, I agree for me, I'm much more of a slow, like turn on like I can't get up and just like go right away. I, I have my habits for the morning, like hydration and I'll stretch, do something with my body. I'll do some sort of meditation or silence, but it's not usually in like a specific order. Um, sometimes it is, but sometimes I, I go up and down. But my friend Abid uh, said like he thinks it's important, at least in the morning, to go internal before you go external. Because once you go external, then it's it's kind of hard to get back into that like internal state. And I thought that was well, that's, that's super wise. Yeah, I'm gonna remember that. Yeah, and then like for I, I try I really try to implement gratitude practices in the morning and at night. Sometimes at night I'll forget, but I yeah. really try to do it in the morning. Even if it's just like it's not writing anything down, it's just thinking of what I'm grateful for. Yeah, um, yeah doesn't have to be the same thing every day it changes and and so it's just like i've really found that that helps like if i'm just even laying in bed before i'm going to sleep it's like okay what what am i grateful for that happened today and a lot of times things come up that i didn't even realize i was grateful for that maybe when that happened during the day i was like oh no you know i can't believe i made this choice or this and then at night i'm like oh no well i guess i'm actually grateful for that because it led to this and then that led to that. And so it's just like the being able to ask yourself, well, what am I grateful for in this moment is such a quick mindset shift. It's such a quick perspective of like, oh, like I have things to be grateful for, you know? Yeah, that's that's key. That's so beautiful. Yeah. And I think, you know, Brendan and I, my partner and I do that a lot, just, you know, without thinking about it too much. We're just like, God, I'm so happy. Like we're here. I'm so grateful for our garden or I'm so grateful for, you know, you or, you know, whatever it is. And there's a lot of that going on. I think, um, without, you know, it being too much of like, 
realizing that it's a practice, but it, it, it's like a, a practice that just kind of permeates our, our life too. And I, it's so important for sure. 100%. Like back to the gardening metaphor, it's like planting the seeds of gratitude over time. It only mm-hmm. takes two minutes, like you said, but planting the seeds of gratitude. If you do that for five years, imagine the, the beautiful plant of, of gratitude that you will have just like right there, right in front of you at all times. You could, you could touch it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And it is a practice. I mean, I, I think when I, if I'm ever feeling like super shitty or down or depressed or whatever, it's usually because I haven't really touched in with what I'm grateful for in, you know, a day or so, or just like really going into, uh, those lower vibrational feelings of just like self-loathing or, you know, just anxiety or whatever it is. And God, gratitude can just lift you out of that so quickly. Yeah, completely, completely. Well, thank you so much for doing this again. It's been such a conversation and I very much look forward to doing it again. Yeah, I would love to. It's always good chatting with you. Um, so one last time, why don't you kind of tell people where they can find you on socials, your business. Um, I'll include all the links in the description of the show. Um, but just let, let them know where they can find you and your products. Yeah. So you can, um, check out, uh, earth tonics and everything we're all about at earth tonics, skincare.com. So it's two S's mushed together there. And then on Instagram, we're at earth tonics and that's about all the places we are active. Yeah. And if you're ever in Ojai soon, we'll be opening our, um, our new refill shop, um, over in, in Miners Oaks, uh, which we're really looking forward to whenever it is that that is appropriate. But till then we're just available online and um, yeah. Awesome. Well, check it out, people. You won't regret it. It's the future of skincare. Hmm. All right. Well, thanks, Darren. Thanks.